this is Bob Whitaker. Welcome to History Respawn. Today's episode covers L.A. Noir, developed by Team Bondi and published by Rockstar Games. Set in Los Angeles in 1947, L.A. Noir follows the career of Cole Phelps as he rises through the ranks of the LAPD. Cole's story brings him into contact with famous cases, such as the Black Dahlia murder, and well-known criminals, such as Mickey Cohen. But the game rarely touches on the history of Los Angeles outside of the underworld and Hollywood. To help me with the context of this game, I've invited Professor William Deverell of USC onto the show. Professor Deverell is a historian of the American West and is the director of the Huntington USC Institute on California and the West. Bill, welcome to the show. Hi, Bob. How are you? Bill, L.A. Noir takes place in 1947 and presents the city of Los Angeles as an attractive post-war boomtown for returning veterans. Is this depiction accurate? And if so, what made Los Angeles so prosperous at this time? Uh, I would say the depiction is uh, like most generalized depictions of anywhere. It's got some real accuracy to it, but there are problems with that as a, a overgeneralization. Um, certainly Los Angeles in the immediate aftermath of the Second World War is a place that many, many tens of thousands of young men and women had con- gone through on their way to this or that wartime theater. Um, and they got to know the place um, in ways that made it attractive for them to come back. And so uh, the sunshine, uh, the landscape, the relative newness of things like the suburban boom. Uh, so Los Angeles reached out to their imaginations in ways that it had done for generations before that. And the prosperity of the place is pretty remarkable. Los Angeles is a booming metropolis. Uh, it does so much for the war industries in the Second World War and the defense uh, buildup of particularly aircraft manufacture, that there are a lot of jobs. Los Angeles had a very big industrial base, a manufacturing base, a very large uh, agricultural base. And then intermixed with those as real drivers of the economy, the Hollywood industry is profoundly important, as well as oil. And so in the immediate aftermath of the Second World War, oil and Hollywood are two of the biggest uh, additions to gross national product in the country. And very, very quickly, right on the heels of the Second World War, the aerospace industry takes off in Southern California. So all that kind of prosperity is certainly going to be attractive to thousands upon thousands upon thousands of migrants who come here in that era. I see. This game relies heavily on noir novels and films for inspiration. Many scenes from the game are pulled directly from the stories of Raymond Chandler, as well as classic films like Sunset Boulevard and Chinatown. Is there anything special about the history of Los Angeles that makes it such a popular setting for bleak mysteries and crime dramas? I think that's a really good question. I've, I've given some thought to why I think that may be so. I think there's a couple ways to get at it. One is, regardless of where the nation's fascination with noir comes from, uh, so much of the contributions to that genre of writing or film come out of Los Angeles, as you note, and so oftentimes with noir films, they utilize the settings of Los Angeles itself. And so that probably creates an identification in the public's mind uh, with Los Angeles and its uh, cityscape and its suburbs uh, with noir and kind of bleak settings. It's almost a uh, convenience of the setting of so many of these films. But I think probably the more interesting cultural answer to that is that 
Los Angeles is so um, open to people's notions of a kind of binary world of light and dark, noir and uh, lightness, or good and evil, or uh, that which is bleak and that which is optimistic and possible. So Los Angeles has boxes and boxes of cultural material about that. In other words, it's seen as a place of rejuvenation and a place of youth and beauty and sunshine and the outdoors and the beach and an increasingly carefree California lifestyle. But there's the flip side to it, and the culture feels a, a necessity to create uh, a counterpart to that in terms of mystery and things lurking and shadows and darkness. And Los Angeles is pretty good at playing to both of those. Um, and so uh, noir is just the, the most brilliant artistic capture of that bleaker side of things. Uh, and Los Angeles is perfectly good about lending itself to some of those darker stories and traits of the human condition. One of the major plot points in this game is the attempt by the city to professionalize or clean up the Los Angeles Police Department. And in particular, the protagonist Cole Phelps serves as a model for a more educated and honest police force. What was the standing of the LAPD with the public during the post-war period? Well, one way to answer that is to push a little bit on which public we may be talking about. And so the Los Angeles Police Department, uh, in the immediate aftermath of the Second World War, right after the setting of this game, um, is taken over by a man named William Parker as chief. And Parker serves for 15 or 16 years and is credited with cleaning up the LAPD, which had been a kind of bastion of corruption. Um, and he's credited with doing that through the decade of the 1950s and into the 1960s. And there's no doubt he professionalized the force. Uh, he militarized it, um, and he ran the police force with a pretty stiff and authoritative, authoritative kind of leadership. Within that, though, uh, and certainly the police department he inherited, uh, comes through the historical record as often overstepping its bounds, as being exceedingly tough on racial minorities, uh, to the point of police brutality in the in the era of the of the Second World War. There's some pretty notorious events where the LAPD is uh, implicated in the beatings of uh, Mexican and Mexican-American peoples. African-American youth have a poor record with, uh, as far as the, the ways in which they're treated with the, by the LAPD. So that kind of – Los Angeles is probably not especially different than in a lot of other cities that are dealing with police forces that are in real need of reform by the Cold War era. Um, but Los Angeles's record in terms of the LAPD's particular brand of, of uh, brutality upon the uh, bodies of non-white peoples is a pretty grim one. Well, Bill, let me ask you this. Was the nature of policing in Los Angeles a reflection of the LAPD's own goals? Or was it more of a reflection of the desires and goals of the city's established white population? Uh, very good question. Do we think that this is the LAPD acting on its own, or is it a reflection of the culture? It's probably both. Um, and uh, certainly in the era of the Cold War, the LAPD pumps up its, well, surveillance and its antagonism towards groups and individuals on the left, uh, which is oftentimes in this period associated with Hollywood. And so the LAPD plays a role in policing political behavior and political ideology, but no more so than the rest of the culture is doing 
during the red scares of the of the Cold War era. So it's both a tool uh, by the larger population and also its own actor, I would say, in some of these real excesses of authority. Many cases in L.A. Noir revolve around relations between different racial and ethnic groups, particularly whites and Latinos, as well as Christians and Jews. What was the nature of race and ethnic relations in Los Angeles at this time? When we want to know the nature of racial relations in a place as big and booming as post-World War II Los Angeles, it's hard to make overarching generalizations. However, um, it is pretty clear that in an era of uh, suburban and other kinds of segregation by law or by practice, that the dominant culture, the dominant white culture, is exerting uh, a fair amount of discriminatory and outright racist behavior towards non-white people. So that Los Angeles is struggling with that uh, through the post-war era and unto today. And there are moments where there's convergence and there's alliances, of course. So any, any given polyglot neighborhood in Los Angeles, there's going to be mixed-race marriages, there's going to be... Um, uh, friendships built across lines. So there's great stories about the diversity of L.A. working. Um, but I would say in general, those are at odds with some of the dominant cultures, creation of really segregated spaces, segregated work-life patterns, uh, segregated public transit. The whole entire post-World War II period is a story of Los Angeles and other cities in America struggling with those issues as to how to create a more equitable and egalitarian society, legally or otherwise. And so Los Angeles in 1947, if you're a non-white person in Los Angeles, it's not just that things are going to be trickier and more difficult for you, given the dominant culture's attitudes probably to you, but you're going to be, it's going to be dictated pretty severely where you can live and what kind of job you can have. Um, not a perfectly closed container. There are stories of people uh, pushing out and beyond those um, those discriminatory practices. But in general, uh, it's a society with a lot of work to do to make it more egalitarian and democratic. Mm, yeah, it's it's unfortunate because it seems like that segregated nature of Los Angeles in 1947 is also replicated in this game uh, in the sense mm -hmm. that you really only see minority characters in this game when you are trying to track down criminals. You know, they tend to be the ones who are uh, perpetrating violence, perpetrating crimes. Uh, but when you are outside of investigating cases, you tend not to see uh, mm -hmm. people of color just walking the street. Um, and really, they only pop up uh, when something has gone wrong or when some sort of crime has occurred. Right. Yeah, I, I would say that sounds problematic uh, in the sense that um, crime and unlawful and licentious behavior is no respecter of racial boundaries. So those things, you know, it, if, if it looks as if uh, only particular groups are uh, involved in the commission of crimes, that's historically inaccurate. That's just that, and that's replicating certain perspectives that we would like as a society not to do any longer. I'm wondering if you could tell us a bit more about the development of neighborhoods in Los Angeles. Uh, one of the things that you see very clearly in this game is uh, kind of a huge separation between different groups, uh, different races, uh, different uh, kind of socioeconomic status uh, within the city. 
into different neighborhoods. And I'm wondering if that kind of depiction in the game bears any resemblance to real-life Los Angeles at this time. So Los Angeles City is, um, of course, the big municipality here in the basin, um, but it's only one of many, uh, close to 100 uh, different municipalities here. And then Los Angeles County is a gargantuan uh, entity. It's really uh, vast because it spreads out across the entirety of the Los Angeles Basin, which itself is geologically vast. And Los Angeles County is the, the real growth juggernaut of this era uh, before, during, and after the Second World War because there's so much land that can be settled um, and so many suburban projects that are developed both in support of the main city, the big city, but also in support of their own suburban micro cities. And Los Angeles spreads out with great abandon uh, from the latter 19th century forward, but certainly by the Second World War and the returning of all the servicemen and women, the suburban draw to go into Los Angeles County into newly built suburbs is pretty profound. But these places are going to be uh, either legally or certainly by cultural practice, they're going to be almost all of them uh, segregated spaces. So the segregation is going to create pockets of, for instance, African-American neighborhoods that will be defined by law or practice or by home, uh, by uh, bank loans uh, or the absence of bank loans. Um, and what's called redlining, uh, you know, keeping uh, neighborhoods lily white um, by, pra again, practice or bank lending uh, practices or law. So Los Angeles, its growth is in service to a lot of this discriminatory behavior about who gets to live where and uh, in what kind of housing stock. And then in Los Angeles County and in parts of Los Angeles City, the other thing that kind of lends itself to a bleakness of noir is that the very poor uh, urban underclass that is not entirely non-white, there are whites in that group too, but the very poor urban underclass of Mexican descent peoples, Chinese descent peoples, African Americans, oftentimes even well into the 20th century, in the second half of the 20th century, they're going to be living in pretty dilapidated 19th century housing stock. So it's going to look pretty darn grim. And it was, uh, and very, very poor. Well, Bill, that does it for my questions. Thank you so very much for joining us on the show. It's my pleasure. Thanks for asking me. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to our YouTube page and following us on Twitter at History Respawn. History Respawn also has a podcast, which is available on SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. If you'd like to support History Respond, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash history respond.